Yeah, it took us how many months to finally get around to announcing the winners of this year's Monster Rally Retro Awards? That's what we're doing this week on this episode of Monster Kid Radio. It's the podcast devoted to the classic and sometimes not so classic genre cinema of yesteryear. My name is Derek M. Cook, your writer, host, producer, and this is episode number 502. And yeah, the Rally Award winners. We're going to go over that. Basically what we do every year, if you are just now joining us or you're not familiar with it or if you've forgotten because it took us so long to get around to announcing the winners, every year we put together a ballot celebrating the best in classic genre cinema from the 30s, 40s, and 50s. And every year here on the show, we do a particular year from those decades. This time around, we're looking at 1936, 1946, and 1956, looking at the best actor, actress, director, movie, and monster. And I don't just announce the winners by myself. I'm joined by longtime friend of the show. You know him. You've heard him before. He's on here all the time, and he's a mainstay when it comes to talking about the rallies. We're talking about writer podcaster about is he a podcaster at this point you know he's on enough podcasts he may as well be he's a creator he's a monster kid he's one of us it's steven d sullivan who you can find out more about at sdsullivan.com i'll make sure there's a link in the show notes he's got a lot of stuff out there that you're going to want to read when you're done listening to him here on this episode of monster kid radio and of course it wouldn't be an episode of Monster Kid Radio without Kenny's look at Famous Monsters of Filmland and Mark Matsky's Beta Capsule Review. Another couple of mainstays when it comes to this here podcast. Before we get to all of that, though, I just want to give everybody a heads up that this Saturday in the Monster Kid Movie Club, it's Lon Chaney Day. We are doing nothing but Lon Chaney films, both senior and and junior we may have to repeat one or two that we've shown over the years at the monster over the years has not been gone that long has it over the months in the past how about that <laughs> the monster kid movie club at monsterkidmovie.club but you know what it's always a good time i'm there moderating everything well kind of sort of there's a live chat it's free make some new friends watch some movies that might be new to you or watch some old favorites just come on over to monsterkidmovie.club it is done through Twitch. So that's coming up on Saturday. There's some other stuff coming up here on the show, and I'll talk about that near the end after we get through the Beta Capsule review, after we get through the look at Famous Monsters of Filmland, and then, of course, after we get through the winners of this year's Monster Rally Retro Awards or the rallies. We're going to get to all of that right, you know, right now. giant monster films, The War of the Gargantuas, and Monster Zero. See the two mighty Gargantuas battle to the death. And on the same program, Rodan and Godzilla join forces to destroy the deadly Monster Zero. The War of the Gargantuas and Monster Zero, both in color, rated G, general audience from United Productions of America, a subsidiary of DEI Industries. You'll live for a thousand targets of sheer shock as vampires, demons, and ghouls meet the hideous wolf monster in Frankenstein's Bloody Terror. Don't miss Frankenstein's Bloody Terror. It's a super shock spectacle of hideous horror in Chillerama 70 and gory color. Rated GP.
Live from the Land of Light in Nebula M78, home of the mighty Ultra Heroes, it's Monster Kid Radio's Beta Capsule Review. What's good for the Pegola is good for the Garamond. That principle, namely the return appearance of a popular monster, is the driving force behind episode 16 of Ultra Q, Garamond Strikes Back. Original air date, April 17, 1966. In the middle of the night, a man in black type character uses an electronic device to steal the Tilsonite rock which controlled Garamond back in episode 13. Hitching a ride with an unsuspecting truck driver, the stranger uses it to guide an incoming barrage of Garadama meteorites with the intent to destroy Tokyo. It isn't long before Yuriko, Ipe, and June are on the case, enlisting the help of Chief Hanazawa of the Astrophysics Research Institute in a race against time to locate the Tilsonite brain. However, when multiple Garamons emerge from their meteorite vessels, it appears that their efforts to save Tokyo and the world from invasion may have been in vain. A great highlight of Garamond Strikes Back is the presence of guest star Akihiko Hirata as research chief Hanazawa. Hirata was a mainstay of Toho special effects films, giving an indelible performance as Dr. Serizawa in 1954's Godzilla and appearing in classics such as Rodan, The Mysterians, The H-Man, Mothra, King Kong vs. Godzilla, Ghidra the Three-Headed Monster, Godzilla vs. the Sea Monster, Son of Godzilla, Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla and Terror of Mechagodzilla, and many others besides. His role here in Ultra Q prefigures his reoccurring spot on the Ultraman roster as Dr. Iwamoto, who occasionally assists the Science Patrol. And, speaking of Ultraman, the Cicada Man alien at the end of this episode will reappear in that series as well, in an altered but recognizable form, but that's a story for another time. For Monster Kid Radio's Beta Capsule Review, this is Mark Matsky reporting. The Mysterium! The Mysterium! The Mysterium! You are now inside a flying saucer. Our destination, the planet Earth. We are the Mysterium. Our race is old, dying, our planet dead. Only you of Earth, you and your women, can give us life. And what we want, we take. Swooping down from outer space. Blowing up from the lower depths. The Mysterians. Creatures who knew the uttermost secrets of the atom before our planet was born. Love-hungry spacemen come to seize our women that their dying race may live. It started in the east. Soon it swept the west. The all-out horror of interplanetary war. See giant robots no earthly weapon can destroy rip a path of destruction across the land. See the forces of nature harnessed to the invader's will wipe entire cities from the face of the world. See the earth itself crumble beneath your feet. The Mysterium. Threatening our civilization with weapons beyond the belief of modern science. Flying ray guns that blast everything before them. An impregnable fortress that hides in the earth. Gamma rays that melt the heaviest armament. As men and machines disintegrate before your eyes. The Mysterious. What power can stop their ruthless advance? See the blazing holocaust of an earth gone mad. See on the giant screen in flaming color. The Mysterious. I can transplant his brain. If I don't, it'll die through lack of oxygen. In his nightmare mind, one more horror, one last horrendous act. (laughs) 
Frankenstein must be destroyed. Frankenstein must be destroyed. Peter Cushing, Veronica Carlson. Frankenstein must be destroyed. This picture has been rated M, suggested for mature audiences. Hello there, Monster Kid Radioheads. This is Kenny with a look at Famous Monsters of Filmland. Today, Derek and Steve are announcing the winners of the Rally Awards. So, as promised, when the nominees were announced, we will look at the last 10 of Forey's favorites from FM's first 20 years. Hold on tight, as we will be heading deep into the forbidden 70s. I hope Monster Kid purists don't mind too much. We will continue the Jeopardy format in honor of the late Alex Trebek. I will give the short description written by Forey, then give the name of the movie in the form of a question. I foresee little problem for even the oldest of Monster Kids, but there are a handful of hard ones. Let's get started. It's hard to hate the winner from 1968. Pray for the titular character, the audiences were implored. After the gratifying way this horrifying film scored at the box office, we all prayed for more successes like the diabolically terrifying tale of Mia Faro and the mothering of Satan's child. And the question is, what is Rosemary's Baby? A mighty fine 1969. Peter Cushing, Dr. Frankenstein Incarnate, in a first-rate contribution to the Eternal series. Oh, that Mary Shelley could have lived to see the wonders wrought with her brainchild. And the question is, what is Frankenstein must be destroyed? On to 1970. Another triumph for amazing animator Jim Danforth. The cuddly cute little dinosaur in particular was appreciated by audiences. Exciting stop motion entertainment from start to finish. And the question is, what is when dinosaurs ruled the earth? Who won in 1971? The prickly picture that inspired the saying, love is never having to say, I'm for it. Vincent Price at his villainous best in high class, high camp horror. A fitting choice for his 100th film. A fact recognized by the mayor of Los Angeles in his declaration of Vincent Price Week. And the question is, what is the abominable Dr. Fibes? Scooby-Doo, it's 1972. Unfortunately for FM's younger set, an X-rated motion picture. But when you're old enough to attend, I recommend you see it at a revival. You probably wouldn't want to live in the future world it depicts any more than I would, but you should find it fascinating to contemplate. Horrifying, too. The question is, what is a clockwork orange? Okay, let's see the winner for 1973. Two years in a row, the winners were meant for adult audiences only. But the word reached tomorrow's grown-ups that this film was one of the most frightening supernatural pictures of all time. The question is, what is The Exorcist? It's no chore to check out the winner of 1974. Harryhausen strikes again, and right where Annie fans all live. Wonderful, magical, mythical models all alive and swell in a sword and sorcery saga of the Arabian Nights era. 
The question is, what is the golden voyage of Sinbad? Were you alive to see the winter of 1975? The sharking story of swimmers who discovered, to their dismemberment, that there was no truce with Bruce. A hair-raising, pulse-pounding chiller about a killer from the deep. Not an imaginary sea beast, but a people-eater from way back. The question is, what is Jaws? Down the river sticks for 1976. Again, supernaturalism at its best. The exorcist spawned Carrie, the reincarnation of Peter Proud, the sentinel, beyond the door, and many more. Not all winners, though Carrie was terrific. But this one won. The question is, what is the omen? Last but not least, movie going heaven for 1977. We have two winners. A shiny red apple versus a juicy orange. Who's to say which is better? A marvelous, mindless space romp versus a magnificent philosophical sci-fi. Different values, both valid. Academy Awards have been split. Radcliffe Awards given in tandem. So the FJA Award goes equally to warriors and pacifists, and especially to the pair of young geniuses who fought so fanatically for their dreams. The question is, what are Star Wars and Close Encounters of the Third Kind? So, do you agree with Forey or not? Maybe some of the films you thought should have won will appear in his Almost One list, which we will see at a future date. That is all for this week's look at Famous Monsters of Filmland. We will have more next week. For MKR, this is Kenny saying adios. I am Dr. Lee Cushing. Welcome to my Chamber of Horrors. Dr. Cushing's Chamber of Horrors is a monster rally novel in the tradition of the classic Universal and Hammer horror film. It's written by Stephen D. Sullivan, the award-winning author of White Zombie, Daikaiju Attack, Manos the Hands of Fate, and one of the creators of the original chill role-playing game. This book recreates the thrills of the classic monster versus monster film. We've got vampires, werewolves, mummies, psychic twins, scheming madmen, plenty of unexpected chills. Now you can get Dr. Cushing's Chamber of Horrors in print or for Kindle at Amazon.com and other fine retailers. Coming soon in other ebook formats. Find out more at CushingHorrors.com or SDSullivan.com and support Steve's work through Patreon at HeySteve.com. I do hope you've enjoyed your visit. Please come again and remember the chamber is always waiting for its next victim. Seven young people shipwrecked on a mysterious island. The island was deserted. Not even birds or animals dared to come here. What did they find? Seaweed, fish, and turtle's eggs. Anything we can eat, as well as snakes and lizards. Just let me finish. There's a lot of grass growing around here. You can eat the roots. You can eat the roots of a lot of plants here. Never thought of that, did you? They were driven to the edge of starvation. 
Food was scarce, and they were forbidden to eat the mushrooms that grew on the island. Fear and hunger turned them against each other. I'll kill you. But Tango will help me live. I haven't been hungry since I left the ship. Mamie. Oh, help me. Help me. Please. Can't we eat the mushrooms now? That would really be the end of us. Akiko! vegetable monster. Can they escape the dreaded Matongo? You'll find out when you see Matongo! Give me a uh, mic check again, Steve. Check one, two. All right, cool. You know, if you start singing, it's going to turn up on the show, right? <laughs> I know. I've been meaning to actually sing the Star Trek theme for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> uh, I, I thought about singing it with the words, and I thought, well, maybe I'll just hum the first verse or something like that and you can use it for the you know, <laughs> use it the words for sign. yeah there there are words that i think roddenberry wrote oh yeah that's right so he could claim royalty on it that's yeah. right <laughs> is that why well royalty or co-credit or something along the yeah it was it was a, a, a source of bad blood say interesting. that interesting and the words are kind of terrible <laughs> yeah that's why we that's why I, I you never hear them which is why i'm like i, I don't know I actually um, i'm actually going to use all this on the show steve welcome to monster kid radio <laughs> <laughs> hey it's good to be back Stephen d sullivan the mastermind behind dr cushing the man you can find at sdsullivan.com for the next probably hour or so you're going to find him right here while we talk about the results of a vote, an election, not an election, really, um, an award ceremony there you go. for uh, some voting that we did earlier this year. And it seems like every year I push this back further and further and further in the calendar year. I'm not going to do that next time. But this time we have the Rally Awards to talk about, the Monster Kid Retro Awards, the Rally Retro Awards, or the rallies, where we honor the best in genre cinema from the 30s, 40s, and 60s. Earlier this year, we asked you to vote for your favorite actor, actress, movie, director, and monster from 1936, 46, and 56. And today, finally, after many, many, many months, Steve and I are going to go over the results. But before we get into all of that, Steve, how you doing, man? Yeah, I'm doing all right. You know, I mean, pandemic, hiding out at home is not too, too different than what I normally do, but I'm I'm looking forward to <laughs> Looking for, <laughs> well, you know, I mean, you can't write three short stories in two weeks or four short stories in two weeks with actually going anywhere, right? So <laughs> it's not crazy different from my normal life, but I am looking forward to the vaccines working and being able to to get carry out food, which we haven't we haven't even done carry out since March. So uh, wow, yeah. So it's it's not too bad, and and Thanksgiving was weird, and Christmas is going to be weirder, but you know, we all do what we got to do to keep on going. And in terms of productivity, there will be a, a new Dr. Cushing story with a Congo creature coming out around Christmas. And uh, I'm doing Atomic Tales every month with Christopher R. Mim. You can find that on his podcast. And there's also a Dr. Cushing story coming out in a, uh, a benefit anthology next year 
that's called the blood of Dracula. So I've been busy. Things have been going relatively well, pandemic aside, and uh, looking forward to doing this. And and before we even start, I do have one thing I need to say, and that is Barrymore, 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 Barrymore. Just in case I miss it somehow during <laughs> the awards, since uh, that was such. Even though you and I saw that <laughs> mistake instantly once the show was posted, we still got a lot of flack for it. So <laughs> I didn't even comment on it because one of the congratulatory messages that came in for episode five hundred even made comment on that, and I thought it was hilarious enough that I didn't even say anything. We know, because, we know, we know, we yeah, did it. It happens. Um, so we do this live. We don't. <laughs> We don't work from a lot of notes or anything. You know, I've got the, if we're lucky, we've got the nominations in front of us. <laughs> I, I seriously considered going in with Photoshop and changing the movie poster to say it was Barry, to say it was <laughs> the other guy. Um, <laughs> I know that. Well, that would be hilarious. I was hilarious. trying real hard not to say the name because I don't want to get it stuck in our head again. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I don't. Well, I'm, you know, I'm looking at the, the, uh, the nominations here and I, I see Lionel Barrymore's uh, face and drag right before me. So at least until we leave this, <laughs> this part, <laughs> I hopefully won't forget and won't, oh. won't slip it up. It's funny. Once you do it once, six man, you know, your brain is, is kind of in that groove and you're likely to just do it again. And yep. It's weird. How many, how many actual, aside from the train set, how many Lionel's have you ever heard of? I've heard of two. No, never. <laughs> Never in my life, I've never known a Lionel. Um, I, I know the nope. train set. I, I never had one as a kid, but I think that's what he has in the Christmas story. Is or we see it in the Christmas story, don't we? Like he's looking in the window and it's there. By that name on Person of Interest too. Now that I think of it, that was a character though. And it's funny when I when Kiff and I see that actor, Kiff's my wife. When we see that actor and other stuff, we go, "Oh, hey, that's Lionel." <laughs> but aside from that character and two actors, it's not a not a name i've ever encountered yeah same so now all of those of you that are upset you can go and take that episode of mkr <laughs> and take the things where i just said barry more barry more barry more and recut them so that they're right okay are we done <laughs> i don't think anybody was truly upset i did find it amusing no, <laughs> um and i know yeah. it's, it's one of those things though that's it's just it's going to haunt us forever, you know, especially me, because they blame me. In the same way that I went, a classic five, one time. I'm singing again, man. I'm going I'm to use it. <laughs> you know, and I, I know, I know. I do one of those things just kind of off the cuff. It's liable to become my new catchphrase. You know, technically, I should probably have everybody who comes on the show do a waiver of some sort. Uh, you know, give me a, a, a signature or something saying I have permission to use their audio. Because technically, you could probably force me to stop using it. But, You're right. you know. <laughs> but I won't, because it's hilarious. Listeners, you heard him. He, he's not going to make me stop. <laughs> and people like it. That's the crazy thing. Is people like it. People expect it. People want to hear me do it if I'm talking live on something like this. It's like, okay, here we go. <laughs> the classic five. Oh, I know. My, I know, my dude. This is obviously a little froggy today, I, I so. spent many, many hours editing the uh, massive Classic Five session at Monster Bash. And the minute you sang that, everybody else kicked in. And uh, I can't remember if I talked too much about this in last week's episode or not. That recording was a result of five different microphones 
pointed in various directions around the table with what, 12 of us? So, yes. yeah, if Steve <laughs> said something at one end of the table, the person sitting right next to me would, you know, sing along with them. It was hilarious. <laughs> and I thought, did, did it really happen this way? Did everyone really, did it all really echo like that for that long? <laughs> Or was that an effect oh, you added no. in the editing it class? it was not. I tried to cut as much of that out <laughs> as I could. But it got to be about 5.30 in the morning, Wednesday night, Thursday morning. I was like, you know, <laughs> I, I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. <laughs> so towards the end, it might have lost a little cohesion. It was so great to hear it, though, because it, it reminds us of what it was like before the pandemic when we all could be together and just hang out and deal the cards and answer a few classic five questions. I miss it. I miss hanging out with our friends uh, in mass like that. You know, I'm able to meet up with people on Skype or Zoom or uh, Discord, but it's not the same. I'll take no, what I can not. get. I'll take what I can get. I'm not complaining. Right. Yeah. But, we're, you know, we're doing it. We're staying safe this year so we can do it in person next year. Go. But I don't want to dwell on it too much. Uh, it's already a lot going on this time of year. For me, anyway. So uh, let, let's move on to something a little even more fun than than talking about the Classic Five. Let's do a round. What do you think? I think that'd be awesome. You want to do it live? Uh, no, my voice just cracked when I tried <laughs> to do it. So, so drop it in. <laughs> the Classic Five. All right. So the Classic Five, for people who may just be joining us for the very first time, is a game that we play on Monster Kid Radio. I have a literal deck of cards. I'm not just making this up. I have a deck of cards that you can buy for yourself at Drive Through Cards. Is it Drive Through Cards? Yeah, Drive Through Cards. Yep. Uh, just hop on over to tinyurl.com/classic. Five, and that's the word five spelled out. And you can buy your very own copy of the core deck as well as the Universal Hammer and Kaiju expansions. Uh, they will be sent to you and they will fit perfectly in your Christmas stocking or any other stocking for any other holiday. I get whatever. They make great gifts, is what I'm saying. Yeah, they're great. And and they'll fit in your standard Lucite card holder, which is where mine are being these, stored. These are poker card sized. These are standard cards and I did the artwork on them and I'm pretty happy with how most of them turned out. Why is this a commercial for the classic five? We're supposed to be playing the game. <laughs> Let's, Let's play, play the game. game. Uh, each card has a this or that. Which movie do you prefer style question on them? There are no wrong answers. It's just a way to get monster kids talking. Use them as an icebreaker. Use it as a way to, I don't know, pad an episode of a podcast or just use it for fun. We're going to do five questions. Steve, are you ready to play? As ready as I ever am. <laughs> Which is maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Most of these cards, I think, Steve, is probably even answered or addressed at one point or another in the past. But the best thing about loving so many of these movies is that our answers could change on a daily, if not hourly basis. Like, yep. I can tell you I had an experience last night that made me totally rethink my list of top 10 favorite classic sci-fi films. Ah, I, I have an idea what that probably well, was. <laughs> you know, I talked about it last week on the show. So <laughs> by the time this goes out. Uh, anyway, there so, we go. Maybe it'll come maybe, up here. Maybe we'll it will come up, but boy, my, yeah, no spoilers for Steve. Everybody else already knows what I'm talking about. Card number one <laughs> from the core deck. No, this is from the universal deck, the universal expansion, which movie Dracula's daughter or son of Dracula. And I think we just recently did that in the chat on the stream. Yeah, we did do that. Do you in remember the chat what you did? And, what you said? Okay. I have, I have two answers for okay. this question, which I know is kind of weaselly. <laughs> if I'm looking for the better film. It's Dracula's daughter. 
if I'm looking for a, just a fun film to relax with, it's Son of Dracula. Yeah. I love both the films. They're both awesome. In fact, I just got the Crestwood House uh, Dracula's Daughter book. Oh, nice. I grew up before the Crestwood House mm-hmm. book, so I hadn't even heard of them until Derek and some of my other friends started talking about them. And now they're they're hard to get, so occasionally I'll go online and see if I can find one for under 20 bucks. And, and if I can, and sometimes I can, I, I grab them. So that's the answer. The answer is uh, both depending upon my mood. <laughs> if I were to write a sequel to one, it would, well, it would probably be Dracula's Daughter, but there's enough creepy weirdness in Son of Dracula that it would be fun to pick up the, you know, some of the undead characters from that too. Not necessarily Son of Dracula or Slash Dracula himself. Yeah. Son of Dracula, it's a easier buy-in. It's a great film. It's a fun film. It's got a lot of really cool, spooky, in my mind, iconic moments. One of my absolute favorite, let's try to stop the vampire, but it doesn't really work moments in that film is when somebody tries to take a shot at Lon Chaney as the son of Dracula. And actually hits the person behind him. That's a great moment. When I was a kid, I loved the moment where he's kind of riding the coffin through the swamps. So, you know, and it's it's a it's a terrific film. They're both terrific films. But, Just yeah. buy, buy the Dracula box set from Universal, <laughs> and you get them. There both. you go. And neither one of them are too long, so you know you can watch them both. Yeah, Dracula's Daughter, I think, has a lot more to say. Yes, but it's a lot deeper. It's a deeper yeah. film, and probably better in just in terms of pure film quality in terms of uh, shooting and acting and that kind of stuff. The you know the other ones. Uh, I guess I'd have to go back and look, but my guess is that Dracula's daughter was made as an A picture and son of Dracula is, is a B picture. Well, and it was two different eras too for universal. Um, right. Dracula's daughter was in the thirties, I believe. Right. Right. Yeah. I yeah. think so. Without looking at Dracula was uh, post Wolfman. So that would have been maybe even a different regime at universal at that point too. So yeah, it could have been, I, I'm not up on when studio heads changed the universal and stuff, but there's a very clear break between the, the thirties monsters and the forties monsters where, you know, you get the Wolfman and then the whole Wolfman saga that sucks all the rest of them. Yeah. In. So that's the answer. Long answer to short question. <laughs> right on card. Number two, favorite Boris Karloff role. Um, boy, this is tough. Uh, I'm going to say Hjalmar Pelsig from The Black Cat. Nice. Because I freaking love that movie, and it's also got one of my favorite Lugosi roles, and the two of them together are just joyous. I love uh, The Frankenstein Monster, obviously. I just watched Bride of Frankenstein a week and a half ago or something like that. Uh, On Karloff's birthday. It was Karloff's birthday, so I watched a whole bunch of Karloff films that I had lying around. And I I really love his kind of low-key performance in The Walking Dead, Mm -hmm. which I think is is an underrated classic directed by Michael Curtiz. That's the one where he's killed and brought to life and kind of hunts down the gangsters that were responsible for his death. Sort of. (laughs) (laughs) And he's so wounded and wonderful in that. And of course he's great in the body snatcher. Karloff. I don't think I've ever seen Karloff turn in a bad performance, but the delight of his satanic Belzig in the black cat is just, Oh man. (laughs) It's wonderful uh, to see Karloff play a true villain, a truly bad person. (laughs) I know that he sometimes got cast a lot as the monster, you know, but Frank's monster couldn't help it, man. It wasn't his fault. 
what he does in the Black Cat, that character was intentionally dastardly. In the same kind of way that, but I think in a much more subtle, inter- interesting way than his Fu Manchu is. Oh evil. yeah, yeah. So that that character, it, it strikes me as both evil and realistic, which is kind of unusual, especially for the time. Sure. I, I never think of that character as kind of being bigger than life or a, a parody of someone. You know? It, do you know what I I'm do. saying? Yeah. All right. Three favorite giant monster, King Kong or Godzilla? Um, King Kong is my favorite monster film of all time. So if we're talking about the one-on-one original King Kong versus original Godzilla, I'm picking King Kong. If we're talking about series, I have to pick Godzilla because King Kong has had uh, very many fewer films and some of them have not been nearly as good. And the Godzilla films, especially from the show era, but I love the millennium too. It's the, the one in between that I'm not as crazy about. Even though I enjoy them all and there are a lot of them. So, But I'm going to go with King Kong because he's number two on my all-time movies I love list, right? Behind Casablanca and ahead of Seven Samurai. It's hard for me to look at King Kong as a quote-unquote series because really, if you look at the first film, there's only one follow-up to it, and that's it. And I love Son of Kong. It's awesome. Yeah, Son of Kong. We've done Son of Kong, you and I. It's it's a great film. Just, yeah. There's really not a lot of uh, effort put into trying to connect that film to what Toho did with the character and then obviously the 70s and these early 2000s, yeah. All right, card number four. Uh, let's see. What kaiju film, how huh? kaiju card again, would you like to see turned into a TV series? Oh, that's a good question. Kaiju film. How about War of the Gargantuas? Just off the top of my head. As I think that could be really cool. You could you could actually kind of start it with the uh, Frankenstein Conquers the World thing, and then segue into the Gargantuas thing, and then do beyond that maybe. That could be a lot of fun, I think. So, I mean, assuming you're not going to do one of the Monster Rally ones, because in some ways, for me, Godzilla versus the Thing, then Ghidorah the Three-Headed Monster, and then Monster Zero, those are like a series in my in my head. Those are a series. So, in theory, you could do that. But I would think more of the Gargantuas might be more more manageable. Matango could be a... Ooh, a, yeah. If that counts, that you could do a great Matango. Oh, wow. Attack of the Mushroom People series. Oh, wow, that would be phenomenal. Yeah, that that strikes me as having a lot of TV potential. The Gargantuas would be harder harder to pull off. Yeah, because when I so. think about like kaiju television, even though you and I both know that a lot of times the best kaiju films have less kaiju action <laughs> than, than others, um, with a TV show, you would have the expectation that you'd see the giant monster at least once every episode. Whereas with a Matongo thing, you wouldn't necessarily need to see the mushroom people every single time to still get the dread, the fear that comes with it. Yeah. The who's, who's infected now, who's, who's not, you know, here we are in this, and you could have different characters coming in and out of the Island or wherever it could, it could spread to the mainland. Attack of the mushroom people has a lot of serious potential. I think. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Sounds, wow. Popped into my head. (laughs) Somebody make that happen, huh? All right. uh, Let's see. Final card. Doing this one on purpose, and there's a very specific reason as to why. What movie that was not in 3D do you want to see in 3D? Hmm. 
have no idea why you're asking this. Here's a, a weird quick answer. I'm going to say uh, the creature walks among us because the other two are in 3D. That's a good answer. I love the other two. The other two are they're terrific movies, and the 3D in them is some of the best 3D yeah. ever. So it's kind of a disappointment that that's not. But a movie I'd love to see in 3D that wasn't 3D that I've never seen in 3D is uh, Nashi's first werewolf film, which is known in this country as Frankenstein's Bloody Terror, otherwise known as, I think, El Marca del Hombre Lobo in Spain, because that was shot in Yeah, 3D. it had a 3D release in some places. We've just never seen it that way here. I'd love to see how that works yeah. out. And obviously, I have a Nashi connection, because I'm, I'm working on a, a Nashi werewolf book, and uh, just got my scenario for that approved this week too so there's a little little bit of an announcement i've never made a huge announcement i was gonna say have we even talked about that here on the show (laughs) (laughs) i mean i knew but i've not said anything so this is the whisper campaign about it (laughs) i guess we had that little tiny promo that i run every once in a while on the stream but yeah 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 that's going forward and once i finish up some stuff i'm i'm working on now that's uh right near the the top of my next projects list in fact, it may be at the top of my next projects. Anyway, I'd love to see that film. I'd love to see The Creature Walks Among Us as a 3D film. And I'm going to, since you said you asked this specifically, I'm going to ask you why you were asking it specifically. Because the movie that I watched not once but twice last night, I'd like to see in 3D. Was it indeed Invasion of the Body Snatchers? It was. Is that an amazing film or what? <laughs> I don't mind talking about it now because... By the time this episode comes out, I would have already talked about it, but this is all new to Steve because I'm recording it before that episode came out. I And, and I'll just tell you, Steve, and listeners, people, are, please bear with me because I know it's a repeat. I put it in uh, as soon as I was done with the Monster Kid Astronomy Club stream on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And about 10, 15 minutes in, and I thought, you know what? I'm going to do this right. Hold on. Pop some popcorn, got a drink, sat down with some snacks, started it up again. I loved it. I loved it so much that I took a short break, like bathroom break, came back and watched it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's kind of a mark of a good film. Yeah, I don't I don't normally do that immediately, you know, but it was bloody good, man. It's hard when a lot of people tell you something's really good. It can raise your expectations to the point where you watch and you go, "What were people really what were they going on about this? Why did people really love this?" But when that doesn't happen, you're going like, "Oh, I could have watched this 20 years ago. <laughs> there, there are some reasons as to why I kind of never really made a big deal out of it. And uh, I, I talked about that last week. So, Steve, you'll have to listen to the new episode that comes out later this week. Listeners, if you missed it, go back and listen to last week's episode. And I need to rewatch The Innocence before I hear that episode, too, I think. Because I don't know if you've managed to get to that one yet, but I know that was on your list, too. Not yet. That's one of those films that it's um, there's a big segment of Dark Shadows that was kind of based on hmm. the story that The Innocence is based on. So I've seen The Innocence a couple of times, but I need to do what you did and turn off the lights, get some popcorn and a drink, and just sit and watch it all the way through to get the full imp- impact of it, which I don't feel like I've gotten yet. There you go. So. Was that five? I think that was five. That was five. Awesome. So, uh, let's see. Steve, you mentioned earlier before I hit record what episode number where we announced the ballot. It was 490 something or other? Yeah, I think it's 491, but I I closed that window after. Yeah, it is. 491. So, episode 491, which took place at the beginning of October. Yeah, 
very timely uh, <laughs> for us yeah. here. We reviewed the ballot, and during that episode, Steve and I both read through all the nominees and, and really kind of dove into what our own thoughts would be regarding what the movies are, which ones are good, which ones we hadn't seen yet, uh, that sort of thing. So we probably won't do a huge deep dive here, but of course we're going to talk a little bit about the movies, and I'm ready to get into 1936 if you are. Barrymore, Barrymore, Barrymore. So the first time I knew was Lionel Atwill and the Devil Doll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 1936, Best Actor. Yeah, yeah, so Best Actor, 1936. In most cases, and I think this year I was able to pull it off, we tried to do five nominees. There was that one year where we had to... Yeah, there's one, uh, maybe one or two categories that are short, and I think the actress looking down the pages is, is one of those. So 1936, Best Actor, who do we got? We've got Lionel Barrymore. Barrymore, Barrymore, for The Devil Doll. <laughs> we have Boris Karloff, The Man Who Lived, otherwise known as The Man Who's Changed His Mind, which is one of the films I rewatched uh, recently. We have Otto Kruger, one of the characters in Dracula's Daughter. We have Bela Lugosi for The Invisible Ray. And we have the wonderful Todd Slaughter, whose films I really hadn't seen until fairly recently, for The Demon Barber of Fleet Street, a film that I have watched, I think, since the nominations. So those are the five worthy actors nominated. Who did the fans vote for to win the rally? Came in at just, oh, that's not what I expected. I haven't looked at the results yet, so um, I awesome. am pleasantly surprised here. Lugosi. Wow. Yeah, Lugosi came in at 54.2% of the vote. Holy cats. That is. I didn't expect that. I did not expect that either. I thought we, you know, of all of those, I might have voted for Barrymore uh, simply because it's in some ways it's a dual role, and that's always a, a sucker for Oscar bait because he plays the role in drag a lot of the time, but also plays it straight. And Todd Slaughter, you know, I love Todd Slaughter. He's hard not to vote for because he takes such glee in being evil. Oh, he's awesome. I like Bela in the invisible ray. I, that's actually probably third on my list of favorite Boris Bela movies behind, behind the black cat and the Raven. That's probably one I'm forgetting, but it's high up there and I love that film. So cool. Yeah. That's like you said, pleasant surprise. Well, wow. well, and interestingly done fan voters. Cool. Congratulations. Cool. Bela. Yeah. Moving on to 1936 best actress. And here we only have four. We have Marguerite Churchill for Dracula's daughter. We have Gloria Holden, the titular character in a Dracula's daughter. We have Maureen O'Sullivan, uh, wonderful as Jane and so many other things, but not Jane in The Devil Doll. And we have <laughs> Dorothy Stone for Revolt of the Zombies. And the winner is The Rally Goes To. The Rally Goes To? Oh, overwhelmingly. Uh, Gloria Holden. Yeah. <laughs> overwhelmingly. No offense to any of the other actresses, but Gloria Holden, is she makes this film. Yeah, she's fantastic. Like I said, there's so much to get out of Dracula's Daughter when we were talking about it earlier, and a big part of it is because of her performance. So She's she's fabulous. So She, she is indeed. And I don't think we'll ever see her nominated for anything again. She wasn't in that many horror films that pop into my head, and this is a, well, a well-deserved win. 
I would like to know more about her just because she is so good in that. Yeah. I should check out some more of her films. Yeah, yeah, we should. Have you done Dracula's Daughter on MKR? Do you remember? Yeah, uh, Jim Beard and I talked about it a few years ago. With 500 shows, man, it is getting hard to remember. <laughs> I'm surprised I remembered it off the top of my head. Yeah, you did. Good job. <laughs> All right, 1936, moving on. Yeah. You best director. This is a tough category. <laughs> this loaded, man. <laughs> we have Todd Browning for The Devil Doll. We have Michael Curtiz, little-known director of some movie with some guy named Rick in some city called Casablanca or something like that. Uh, Michael Curtiz for <laughs> The Walking Dead. He didn't do a lot of horror movies, but he's one of the great directors. We have Lambert Hillier for Dracula's Daughter. We have William Cameron Menzies for Things to Come. And we have Robert Stevenson for The Man Who Lived, otherwise known as The Man Who Changed His Mind, the Karloff picture. And holy cats, these films are, uh, they're blockbusters is the wrong word, but they're great films. And yeah. the rally goes too. It is stacked. Uh, and yeah, three directors got a good chunk of the votes. Uh, Todd Browning, William Cameron Menzies, and Lambert Hillier. Who do you think, man? Ooh, I think I probably voted for Curtiz because <laughs> I love The Walking Dead. Um, yeah. So, well, based on the strength of Dracula's Daughter, I'm thinking maybe people went for Lambert. Who did they go for? Menzies. Things to come. Uh, I, I can't say I'm surprised by that. Uh, That's a beautiful film. Yeah, beautiful it's a great film. film. We have watched it on one of your streams, too. It's really fabulous. So, H.G. Wells, did he even write the screenplay? Uh, he was involved, and he would go to the set and all that. Based on his uh, story and produced during his lifetime, with his involvement, his quote-unquote answer to Metropolis, which he famously didn't like. Well, so sure. <laughs> given all that, given the winners we've had in the past categories, the best movie 1936 this should be a tough competition yeah we have the devil doll we have dracula's daughter we have the invisible ray we have the man who changed his mind karloff in two of these and we have things to come and the rally goes too we are swinging back to dracula's daughter on this one did things to come get a get a good bump there uh, it did. It came in second. I honestly don't remember. I probably voted for Dracula's Daughter. A very well-deserved win for Dracula's Daughter. Sure. Uh, among a great, a really strong field. Great stuff there. And now, the last and most important category for Monster Kids. Right. In the Monster Rally Retro Awards. 1936 Best Monster. We have the Doll People from The Devil a Doll. With Lionel Atwell. Barry, Barry Moore. We have <laughs> Countess Seleska, Dracula's daughter, in Dracula's daughter. Sandor, the evil henchman from Dracula's daughter. Dr. Rook, played by Boris Karloff, the glowing, deadly radiated killer in The Invisible Ray. And we have the zombies in Revolt of the Zombies. And... I think I know where we might be going on this, but who does the rally go to on this, Derek? Well, who do you think it went to? I think it went to Countess Celeska, the yeah. Dracula's daughter. Yeah, it, and I'm it really did. That it was a huge <laughs> win for her. Yeah, so she came in 
0.4% of the vote. The, the zombies came in last, and Sandor and Dr. Rook pretty much neck and neck. Interesting. All right, so we're going to move on to 1946. Things are a little different in monster movie dumb. Some of them are still pretty serious, but we're starting to see a, a shift toward a more uh, a younger audience with some of these. But we have some really deep movies still. Uh, and when I say deep, I don't mean that in a, in a negative way. I mean some really thought-provoking films in this uh, particular year. And I'm excited to hear your response to some of this. Strong performances and... Mm -hmm. uh, and some some very strong films, even though we're kind of getting to the tail end of the 40s monster surge, as it mm -hmm. were. So 1946, the nominees for Best Actor are John Carradine for The Face of Marble, who mad scientist in that. We have Martin Koslick, the sculptor in House of Horrors. We have Peter Lorre, The Beast with Five Fingers, a tormented madman. Something Peter Lurie's so good at. Oh, yeah. And we have Jean Marais, La Belle et la Beta, Beauty and the Beast, as, do I, well, he's the Beast. And he also has another part in that that I did not know until I rewatched the film, or did not remember. <laughs> and finally, the great Claude Rains, as the devil, I believe, in Angel on My Shoulder. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is one of the categories that I needed to rewatch some in order to make my my vote and i know who i voted for but who did the fans give the rally to at exactly 50 percent of the vote peter laurie that was my tough call there honestly yeah for me yeah for me it was between peter laurie and jean marais and having rewatched la belle et la beta i gave it to jean marais because i did not realize until the end of the film that he was playing two roles in the film that took me completely by surprise, which made me wonder if I'd ever actually seen the whole film all the way through, though I know I'd seen pieces of it. <laughs> uh, so, But Peter Laurie is so good in The Beast with Five Fingers. I can totally see that because Laurie's awesome. 1946, the best actress. We have Josette Day for La Belle et la Bête. She is the titular Belle in Beauty and the Beast. So, Beauty, which is Belle in French, which is, you know, if you've paid any attention to the Beauty and the Beast movies, Beauty is often named Belle, and Belle means Beauty in French. So, there you go. Yep. We have Virginia Gray as uh, one of the women menaced in the House of Horrors. Rosemary LaPolange in Strangler of the Swamp, which is a fine, low-budget film. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I love it. I, I bought it on Blu-ray. We have June Lockhart. Years before Lost in Space, she was in The She-Wolf of London, and this woman who thinks she's turning into a werewolf. And we have Dorothy McGuire in The Spiral Staircase, another one of these films that I thought I'd seen it. Turned out I hadn't. I actually watched it twice. Uh, she is the mute girl, the woman that is menaced and cannot speak in The Spiral Staircase. And the rally goes to June Lockhart for She Wolf of London. Wow. I yeah. did not expect that. <laughs> Who were you expecting? I thought it would probably be either Josette Day or for me it was Dorothy McGuire on a close call. But I think probably June benefits from she's very good in the picture. The picture has a problem for me, but we won't spoil it for people. I voted for Dorothy McGuire in the spiral staircase because she's awesome in it. Have you had a chance to see that film? Oh yeah. Yeah. And I agree with you. I agree with you. She's fantastic. But I think I know what you're going to about to say about 
Lockhart and why she might have won. Well, you know, I think she's she's strong in that in that position, and I think people know her and remember her. And of all these films, that's the easy one to see right now. Mm-hmm. The fact that I look at these five films and there's only one that you can go online and type she wolf of london that comes up as part of the wolfman set and you've got it there and again like the last category i recommend you watch every one of these films they're all really worth seeing you can get house of horrors i assume uh, beauty and the beast has like a criterion collection i think it does i think it does and virginia gray house of horrors i believe is available on dvd Strangle of the Swamps is harder to see. You did run it on the Monster Kid Movie Club stream. Yeah. Uh, and I assume that the Viral Staircase must be out. It sh- it deserves a criterion. I don't know if it's got one. But, it's uh, good. It's that good. Best director. We have Jean Cocteau, La Belle et la Beta, being the beast. We have Robert Flory, the beast with five fingers. We have Philip Ford for Valley of the Zombies. We have Robert Siadmak for The Spiral Staircase. And we have Jean. I don't know if it's Jean or Jean Yarborough. It's, Yarborough is kind of a British name, so it's probably Jean. Jean Yarborough, She-Wolf of London. Forgive me if it's Jean. Someone correct us. Barrymore, Barrymore, Barrymore. <laughs> you pronounce it at will, from what I understand. <laughs> so uh, a lot of good movies <laughs> there. And let's, who is our... Who is our, our rally recipient for this best director category? Beauty and the Beast is Jean Cocteau. I voted for Jean Cocteau for sure. Yeah, thirty eight point six percent of the vote. That's uh, who came in as the second was Robert Flory with the Beast with Five Fingers, which I'd like to talk about on the show at some point sooner rather than later. That that's interesting. So maybe more people have seen Beauty and the Beast than I thought. I know uh, it got covered over on the B Movie Cast years ago. I never uh, talked about it here, but... Somehow, I think you're probably right. You yeah. should. I mean, it's got the Beast. The Beast is definitely a monster. Oh, yeah. And if you go to Monster Bash, the one guy, I forget the name of the exhibit, the guy that has the museum on the East Coast, a whole, uh, Cortland Hall, he has some, not statues, but mannequins done up in the makeups of the movies. And he's brought the Beast there before. Oh, neat. I, I don't think I've seen him bring that one. So, But I've only done two two monster bashes, which are my only two monster conventions, as you were shocked to learn. Yeah. When I was growing up, I did comic conventions and that kind of stuff. Never, never. By the time I could go to conventions, I was more into comics than uh, famous monsters, mostly because they dropped my subscription, though we paid for it. That's another story. <laughs> so, wow. 1906, we have. The best no, 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 you can't move on here yet. Hold on. Do we need to get a hold of whoever owns Famous Monsters right now and get you, like, refunded or something at this point? When I was looking for work in comics, and they, of course, published Eerie and that kind of stuff, when I was, I think it was probably when I was, uh, I can't remember if it was a late teen trip to New York City or a trip in college, probably the college trip uh-huh. to New York City. I actually walked in their office, tried to get some work or something, mentioned that, I had paid for a resubscription and never gotten any issues. And they were like, well, here's a magazine. (laughs) 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 So so the, the, the office receptionist secretary actually gave me a, uh, 
an issue of Famous Monsters as recompense for the 12 issues I should have gotten. I love that. So that is, there was indeed a uh, a closure to that, if not an entirely satisfactory <laughs> one. Right 1946, yeah. best movie. All right. We have nominated The House of Horrors with Rondo Hatton, La Belle et la Bête, Beauty and the Beast, and I hope my French is not too 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 terrible. I think that's pretty close. We have mind. the Spiral Staircase story of a killer who tracks down people that are differently abled to kill them. We have the Strangler of the Swamp, a ghost haunting a swamp ferry, and we have Valley of the Zombies. Hey, there are zombies. There's a valley. <laughs> that's a film that I, I must admit I know I've seen it at least twice and I never remember the plot of it kind of at all so given all that who did the voters vote to get the rally in best movie in 1946 I don't care anymore because I'm going to fire up Photoshop and redo the Valley of the Zombies poster with that quote on it hey there's a valley <laughs> there's some zombies Stephen D. Sullivan <laughs> alright uh, let's see for best movie we actually had a tie Ooh. Spiral Staircase and Beauty and the Beast. And what a deserving tie that is because those are both classic films. So that's awesome. I, I think that's very worthy. People need to seek, if they haven't seen those films, seek those films out there. Yeah. They're cool. Then we have the final and best category in the rallies for 1946 Best Monster. And nominated, we have Quetzalcoatl. From The Flying Serpent. The Creeper, Rondo Hatton himself from House of Horrors. We have, I love this one, Mr. Potter, <laughs> the monstrous villain of It's a Wonderful Life. Barrymore, Barrymore, Barrymore. We have The Beast from La Belle et la Beta, Beauty and the Beast. And we have Ferryman Douglas, played by Ming the Merciless himself in Strangler of the Swamp. And the rally goes to... For best monster at almost 50% of the vote, the Creeper. Interesting. Creeper. Uh, well, that's cool. Yeah. If this was the Rondos, we could say Rondo gets his Rondo. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Rondo, we love you, man. It's, uh, you took a, a disadvantage and you made it into a career, and we love you and remember you today. Heck yeah. So, 1956. Yes. Starting with the best actor category. Mm -hmm. We have sainted, beloved John Agar in The Mole People. The man. We have Raymond Burr in Godzilla, King of the Monsters. An amazing adaptation of the original to the U.S. Yeah, market. We have Kevin McCarthy for a film Derek now loves, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. We have Jeff Morrow. For The Creature Walks Among Us. And we have Leslie Nielsen. Before his comedy career. Very Kirk-like captain. In Forbidden Planet. Again, strong, strong contenders here. I know where my vote went. Derek, do you know where your vote went? or And would it be after last night? <laughs> well, I would have gone Agar because that's my guy, right? Well, first of all, I thought it was interesting that we had Lon Chaney Jr. as a write-in for Indestructible Man. Was that a 1956 film? I am not sure off the top of my head. Could I mean, be? it was just one write-in, but the, the overwhelming winner here is Kevin McCarthy. 
he's the who I voted for too, as much as I like all these others. Yeah. Because he's amazing <laughs> in that film. And again, I don't, aside from the other body snatchers film, not sure how many other monster slash genre films he was in. Not that many. But he's That's something great. that I talked about in last week's episode. So, yeah. There you go. He's great in this film and yeah. a well-deserved win. Oh, yeah. If you haven't seen it, say it. It's cool. Don't be like Derek. <laughs> Moving on. 1956. Act, best actress. We have Marla English, the she-creature. She's the uh, the hypnotist subject, who's kind of the monster, too. But check it out. It's a cool film. We have Anne Francis, stars in Forbidden Planet at the late night double feature picture show. For from Rocky Horror, for any that didn't recognize that. Oh, I think everybody heard me roll my eyes at that one. So <laughs> I didn't sing it because my voice is terrible today. So <laughs> we have Beverly Garland as Lee Van Cleef's wife in It Conquered the World. We have Patty McCormick, the crazy spooky little girl in the bad seat. <laughs> And we have uh, scientist wife Joan Taylor in Earth versus the Flying Saucers. I know which way I went. I voted for Patty McCormick because that kid, the Bad Seed, was a relatively recent watch for me. Yep. And it just, it's unnerving because of her. <laughs> yeah, and I need to rewatch it. I won't be surprised if she wins. I went for Beverly Garland because I love her character in It Conquered the World. What did the voters do? They voted with you. Awesome. We all need to rewatch the bad scene if we can stand it. That's one of those films that can be hard to watch. <laughs> it's intense, man. It's intense. So cool. In a good way, but it's intense. Yeah. But no, Beverly Garland took the rally this time around. So there you go. Good for her. Congratulations to her. Best director. There we go. We have Roger Corman for It Conquered the World. We have Ishiro Honda. For Sora no Dekaiju Rodan, otherwise known as Rodan in the U.S. We have John Sherwood for The Creature Walks Among Us. We have Don Siegel for Invasion of the Body Snatchers. And we have Fred M. Wilcox for Forbidden Planet. Holy cow, how do you decide among these people? Let's see what way the rallies went. Uh, the rallies went <laughs> uh, Siegel. Siegel won. And I can't tell if it was because everybody likes him or if it was out of spite because at that point I hadn't seen the movie. <laughs> 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 but no, he, he won. And deservedly so. It's great. Yeah, it, it is. And I probably voted for him. Uh, especially since I probably voted for Honda for Godzilla the previous year <laughs> or two years <laughs> previous. And as much as I love Corman and it conquered the world is actually one of my favorite Corman pictures invasion of body snatchers, man. Of course, I also love forbidden planet with a white hot passion. It's a great film. Yeah, uh, it is. It's one of the best science fiction films of all time, yeah, but is. so is invasion of the body snatchers. Like I said, tough choices, and people are going to have to make the tough choice again because now we're up to best. So here we go. Yeah. The nominees are Earth versus the Flying Saucers, Harry Harryhausen classic. 
We have Forbidden Planet, where the monster is invisible and the robot is super cool. We have Invasion of the Body Snatchers, where your best friends suddenly may not be your best friends anymore. We have It Conquered the World, famous from the Frank Zappa song Cheapness, where the ice cream cone monster rolls out of the cave, which apparently it was never designed to do, but what the heck, Corman was directing, we want to see the monster. And we have Sora no Daikaju Redon, otherwise known as Rodan in the U.S., because we have a word for radon, and it's the stuff that the machinery is pumping out of my basement right now. (laughs) (laughs) Whereas Rodan is not something that's actual real thing in the U.S. So, five great films. How did the voters vote? Body Snatchers. (laughs) (laughs) I can't say I'm surprised. Yeah. As as much as I love all these things, and as we know that uh, Ray Harryhausen is so important to me that I take his birthday off every year to watch his films. Despite that, and the, my white hot love for Forbidden Planet just confessed recently, the body snatchers, man. Right? <laughs> it's the body snatchers, man. So that doesn't mean that they're going to win this final category, though. Because the final category is best monster, and there are some good ones here. Oh, boy. it's Yeah, it's stacked. This is the and. I'm looking at him like, how did I vote on this? I, I don't remember. I'm going to guess what I voted for, but with, I don't know. I could have voted for any of these five monsters. It's the last category in the rallies this year, 1956, the best monster. The nominees are the id monster from Forbidden Planet. It's invisible until you see it step into the force field rays, and then it's scary as hell. Yep. We have the pod people from Invasion of the Body Snatchers, which is just so creepily done, given the special effects of the time. I don't even think the the newer ones are better than the original in that effects department. We have, and who doesn't love these guys, the Mole People from The Mole People. I think I just ordered the Crestwood House book for that. Oh, nice. And we have... One of my favorite monster designs ever, the She-Creature from the She-Creature. And then, to top it off, we have Redon, or Rodan, from Sorono Daikaiju Redon. Wow, I could have voted for any of them. Not sure which one I did vote for. It might have been the she creature because um, that's just such a cool, cool monster by Blaisdell, right? Yeah, Paul Blaisdell yep. signed. Yeah, the creature and it conquered the world. The upside down ice cream cone monster from that. So I might have voted for the she creature just because I love that suit, but I might have voted for Rodan too. How did the voters? the fans that voted for the rallies. What is the final rally of this year going to? Just barely inching its way to first place. Rodan. I can't disagree with that. (laughs) (laughs) Especially this design, the original Rodan design from the original film is it's, 
the best one, arguably, until maybe some of the more recent films. Uh, it looks better than he uh, he or she does in any of their other pictures. Right. Uh, it's a great kaiju suit, uh, and obviously, often often imitated, never duplicated. Rodan. What came in second? What did it just inch out? I'm curious. Uh, the Id Monster from Forbidden Planet. Animated by the Disney Animation Studio, as I recall. Yep, yep. I believe so. Uh, and it's so strange and so weird that even when you're seeing it, every time I look at it, it's like, what am I seeing here? Is that, what? where are its eyes? What is that its mouth? What is going, it has no <laughs> hands. What is up with this? And I've seen this film on the big screen, and it's still, you see it, but it's so strange that you kind of don't see it too. So yeah, tough call there. Yeah. Uh, and, and a great win for the Kaju Rodin. Sure. So awesome. That is the rallies. That is the rallies. For and 36, so 46, 56. Next year we hit the sevens, 37, 47, 57. I wonder how many times Lionel Atwill will come up. Um, <laughs> I hope he wins something eventually. No. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to want to make sure you go to monsterkidradio.net to find out everything you need to know about the podcast. Between episodes, our contact information is over there. Hey, Monster is in the machine. Let the people know how they can get a hold of us. You can call and leave a voicemail for Monster Kid Radio at 503-810-5MKR. That's 503-810-5657. Or you can send an email to the podcast. Monsterkidradio at gmail.com is the email address. That's monsterkidradio at gmail.com. There you go. If you want to call in, if you want to write in about the rally awards or anything else that we've talked about on the past 501 episodes of the podcast, feel free to send it on in and we'll talk about it in a future episode of the show. Speaking of future episodes of the show, we've got a doozy of a show next week. Next week is pretty much the last week before the big holiday for so many Americans. I know it's not celebrated by everybody, so I'm just going to say happy holidays as we start veering into December 25th. Next week to celebrate Christmas and everything else. There's a couple things going on. First of all, in the stream at the Monster Kid Movie Club, we're going to be doing something similar to what we did around Halloween. We're going to be looping movies nonstop from Tuesday through the 25th, through Christmas Day itself. I know a lot of stations out there, a lot of channels will show a Christmas story on a 24-hour loop, a marathon. Well, we're going to get them beat because we're going to be doing this for multiple days and we're going to be showing movies like the Mexican film Santa Claus, Santa Claus Conquers the Martians, and a handful of other really interesting films, fun films, weird films. We're going to be doing this nonstop. And then, of course, on the 26th, we'll have you know regular Monster Kid Movie Club business. But because we're doing this Christmas marathon starting on the 22nd, the Monster Kid Astronomy Club is going to be somewhat delayed. We're not really going to be doing that. We may still sneak in the Star Trek 30. Stay tuned for that if you are interested in that. I'll talk about it over on our Facebook page, which you can find, well, at facebook.com slash monsterkidradio. You can find links to our Facebook and our Twitter at our website. I'm really excited about this. Now, I'm not going to be in the chat room nonstop from the 22nd through the 25th, monitoring everything and interacting with people, but I'll pop in and out throughout the day. There may be some times when in order to interact in the chat room, you might need to be a subscriber of the Twitch channel that I run over there. 
it helps support the show if you're a subscriber, the stream that is, and you kind of help support me and makes it easier for me to keep putting content out. I have a lot of goals, a lot of, you know what, I'm just going to call them resolutions. I know it gets a little cliche, but I'm going to call them resolutions for 2021. Some plans that I'd like to see come to fruition, some things that are very specific to what I do here on Monster Kid Radio, but I only can hit those goals to actually succeed at some of the stuff if I got you guys and yells backing me up, which you've been doing Anyway, so thank you so much for all of your support over the year, over the past 501 episodes, just in general. You guys and gals are awesome. I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. Monster Kid Radio listeners are the best podcast listeners in the world. Okay. If I'm showing movies on the stream all week next week, what are we going to talk about here on the podcast? The episode's actually going to be going out on Christmas Eve on December 24th. I'm bringing back a tradition, something that I used to do here on the show back in the day, but I haven't done in a very, very long time. It is going to be a movie with our friend Scott Morris from Disney, Indiana. He found uh, at a store for like $4.99 a DVD of a 1996 film called The Munsters Scary Little Christmas. You know, it's not the traditional cast of The Munsters, but it is The Munsters, and Monster Kid Radio is always going to have its hearts open, its doors open to all things Munsters. So that's what we're talking about next week with our friend Scott Morris. Have you seen The Munsters Scary Little Christmas? If you have, maybe shoot me an email or a voicemail. Let me know what you thought of it, and I'll put that in the mix next week when we talk with Scott about this um, TV movie from the 90s. I think it actually aired on Fox. Um, it's... You know what? It's got its moments. It's got its moments. I'm just going to say that. So that's coming up next week. Make sure you come back to monsterkidradio.net or whatever podcatcher you use to listen to podcasts or even YouTube for that. I've been playing some music in this episode. You know, I kind of forgot to mention it actually at the beginning, so I'd like to mention it right now. It's the song that we play every year when we do the rallies. It's kind of become the unofficial rallies theme song. The song is called Kashyyyk Beach Party. It is from the band the Hattori Hanzo Surf Experience from their album, Meanwhile, in Mallorca. You can find them at HattoriHanzoSurfExperience.Bandcamp.com or just follow the link in the show notes. They gave us permission to play their music here on the show back in the day, and I'd like to continue to support them. So please check them out and give them a listen. Maybe even download the song and keep your eyes and ears open because it looks like Pancamp is going to keep doing these uh, Friday deals where all the money that is generated on their website goes straight to the artists themselves on Friday instead of Bandcamp taking a cut. You know what I mean? So that really helps out the artists as well. So go check them out. Let them know that Monster Kid Radio sent you. Monster Kid Radio's registered service mark of Monster Kid Radio LLC. All original content of Monster Kid Radio by Monster Kid Radio LLC is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0, unported license. Of course, that doesn't apply to that song I was just talking about. Kashyyyk Beach Party is copyright. The Hattori Hanzo Surf Experience 2016. We will talk to you, everybody. We'll talk to you, everybody. I was doing so good. I wasn't going to edit anything here, and I'm not going to edit it now. My name is Eric M. Pook. <laughs> My name's Sarah Kim Cook. I'll talk to everybody next week. <laughs> <sighs> Ciao. Lionel Atwill. Will. <laughs>